introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Shout out to my Jews out there. Happy Passover to everybody. Uh, it is the first day as I release this. It is the first day of Pesach. And uh, I'm hoping everybody stays away from that bread. You also, you feel, so there are two things with Passover. Uh, one, you feel better when you stay away from carbs. Uh, it's just something I've noticed. Uh, I have a friend that's doing that right now. One of my bestest good friends is doing that right now. And, uh, but with but with Passover, the kind of give and take, if you will, is you feel better because you're not taking in those carbs, but uh, you can't poop when you eat too much matzah. Matzah stops you up. It's, you know, when something is formed into a ball that is dense and uh, delicious, but dense, you've got to think that eventually that's going to come back to uh, bite you in the, uh, you know, well, anyway, enough of the puns. So this week... I have Travis Poe on. Travis, I apologize for that intro, but Travis Poe is on this week uh, from Barbers Hill High School. He's been at Barbers Hill for quite some time, and he is uh, done after this year. So I had to get Travis Poe on at, at some point, and why not do it now? So during spring break, if you didn't listen last week, during spring break, I interviewed quite a few people. So I'm going to be releasing those interviews over the next few weeks. So some of these interviews are a little, they will become dated. Uh, they're not as bad as technology is in, you know, like the day something comes out, the next day it's obsolete. But uh, these interviews, you know, you might hear some things that are said that are talking about one-act play or the status of one-act play, and that might have changed. That, might, that status might have changed up to this point. So just keep that in mind over the next few weeks. Uh, I did have the opportunity yesterday to finally sit down quote unquote because well I was seated and he was seated but with Justin Simeon the creator and uh, director of Dear White People and Bad Hair and I had reached out to Justin Simeon to get him on an interview of some sort not necessarily for the podcast but for our artist spotlight that we were doing last fall in our district and uh, because of the coronavirus and his filming uh, schedule we weren't able to do that in that time, but he was gracious enough to come on and get an interview with me. It has nothing really to do with Texas theater other than the fact that we talked about HSPVA and his time there and his education. So I'm going to release that at some point, uh, but I want to give respect to those people, uh, Jackie Kanya, uh, Rachel Maddox, uh, those people that I have already interviewed. Uh, theirs, theirs will be coming out rather soon as well. So hope everybody is happy with how your time has been spent in one act play. We are done. Quite a few people are done now because region uh, has kind of been decided for most places. There's still a few by districts that are going to be happening over the next week or so. Uh, but uh, congratulations to those people that have made it to region. It's been fun. I don't know if I'm just friends with a lot of directors but it's been fun to see lots of different directors celebrating their advancing to region. And that's really cool. So good for those people. Uh, I'm glad you are doing so. I'm uh, happy for those people that have uh, been able to produce shows. And for those people that haven't, you know, um, I'm sure you're figuring out something to do on your campus that is enriching for your students. 
and finally, uh, I wanted to mention uh, the shirts that I've put back on sale. So I have put back Minor Wisdom shirts on sale, and I will put that link in this podcast. I've been tweeting it. I've been Facebooking it. I've been just kind of shooting it out there as much as I can. I can't tell you how much it would mean to me, not only for you to buy a Minor Wisdom shirt, but to understand that part of the $15 proceeds, and yes, I know shipping is not in that $15, and I apologize, uh, but, you know, got to keep the shipping alive. But uh, but part of that $15 goes to the Michael J. Fox Foundation, and my father uh, had Parkinson's disease. My mother had multiple sclerosis, but I have raised a lot of money for multiple sclerosis, and I never have tried for Parkinson's. So I thought, you know what? I've given my mom her due, well-deserved. Now it's time to move on to dad. Uh, but my mother uh, passed away from complications of multiple sclerosis. It is not proven if my dad passed away from complications of Parkinson's, but one is led to believe that he did, being uh, the way in which he passed away. Uh, I'm not going to get into details about it, but just uh, know that it was uh, gruesome. It involved two dogs and um, a quiche, of all things. But anyway, uh, I wanted to donate money to his cause and uh, to, well, to, not to his cause, but to raise money to kind of alleviate Parkinson's. And there are people out there that are skeptical about the Michael J. Fox Foundation because just uh, how long he has personally been living with the disease and how well he's done with it. And you know what? I'm not going to ask questions about that stuff. It's the same thing with Magic Johnson and HIV. It's like, you know, these people good for them for being able to afford maybe ways in which they can continue on in life and still, you know, it's not like Michael J. Fox is doing a bad thing by raising money for uh, alleviating Parkinson's disease. So uh, if you purchase one of those shirts, I want to thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Uh, quite a few have already done so, and uh, I would very much appreciate it. Hit me up on Twitter, at Mr. Blake Miner at Minor Wisdom Pod, but I don't really check that one very much. <laughs> you can uh, friend me on Facebook, you know, shoot me an email if you want, blake.miner at gmail.com, minorwisdompod at gmail.com. I used to have an alias on AOL back in like the late 90s. I think it was called like Lover Babe. Um, I don't think that still exists. But anyway, if you want to hit that up, maybe try it, hack into it if you want. Let me know who's messaged me and slid in my DMs. Anyway, Travis Poe, I appreciate your time. Uh, in the middle of this interview, I lost internet connection, so you're going to hear the audio change from Zoom to a phone call. I apologize. I did my very best, but uh, it is what it is. Enjoy this week. Everybody have a wonderful, wonderful week and an end to your March, and happy Passover and happy April Fools. I went to high school in a little town called Wortham, which is okay. about 45 miles east of Waco. I graduated in a class of 30. And uh, from there, I went to McLennan Community in Waco, where I studied under the late James Henderson, who I credit with a lot of my uh, knowledge of directing. Uh, I've had some awesome teachers throughout the many years, but he's where I got my ground plan. Uh, then I went to the University of Texas, graduated there in December of 85. Uh, for the spring of 86, at 23, I started teaching at Dell Valley just outside of Austin. Uh, that's in the location area of the airport now. And uh, 
crazy enough. I don't, I don't know how, but at 23, I took those kids to state, <laughs> uh, as a comp- as a competition team. Right. And, uh, while I was at UT, I worked for, uh, Lynn Murray in the UIL office as one of his interns. So, uh, while I was at Del Valley, I think I was, I think if I remember correctly, I was, I drove my, uh, paperwork for the state contest that spring to his office and uh went up to see him and left it on his desk and he said well how'd you like a big pay raise okay where am i going and he sent me here to barbara's hill for an interview and i've been here for 35 years and this is my last one yeah yeah Uh, i have my official meeting with trs on april 9th Yeah, yeah. I've got to fill out that packet now. Right. Yeah, That's that... basically it. Um, I've been here 35 years. And so uh, how long did it take for you to become Travis Poe at Barbers Hill? Oh, <laughs> when do I felt like I really knew what I was yeah. doing? Probably a good eight years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I followed Rick Garcia, who okay. many people know. He yeah. was here for four years prior to me, and that's that's a – pretty big shoe to fill in my opinion. Yeah. So I've had a lot of people on here that say I took over a department that was floundering, that was having issues, you know, and uh, so on and so forth. The kids needed me, but it doesn't sound the same for you. No, uh, uh, he had, he had, he had started the program here right. and had taken them to state once. And so they were pretty well developed uh, and, and grounded. Uh, what I did have issues with is you know, he had some students that were left here that were pretty devoted to him and, right. and they remained that way. And that's logical. It happens right. uh, a lot of times. So uh, I don't know. It's crazy. And yeah. uh, so I started here in the fall of 86, 89. We went to state, but I still didn't know what I was doing. It took <laughs> a good long time before I really knew how to direct and how to make it all work. And how many times have you been at state now? I think 18. Okay. Do you, One's at Del Valley and the others here at Barbers Hill. Right. Do you feel that that that, that you've set the bar too high for yourself, or do you feel like every year you're starting over and it's uh, you know a, a new <laughs> slate, that kind of thing? It's a, it's a juxtaposition of all of those. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's like how, okay, how are you going to top it? You know, the next year. Uh, um, but then you just do. You just have to start over and and. You hope that you have some students that are returning uh, so that you have a, a, a ground plan right. with which to work. Uh, but that's not always the case. This year's case, uh, this year's cast rather, is um, um, I don't want to say they're young, but of the, of the 14 actors, uh, only four of them have had substantial roles in the past. Right. And the rest of them may have been in an ensemble or something, but uh, it's a pretty young um group of kids right so yeah it's it's different every year do you have like do you you know uh Stuart savage has a process of choosing a show uh where he whittles it down to a handful of them and then lets kind of the kids almost sell you know they, they on what show they prefer do you have a process or do you have a basically my process is i read just like everybody else yeah. does and i try to find that one um aha script that fits the group i've never put a script before a group of kids to uh let them decide or right. to pick or to see how things fit i have uh a couple of times 
giving them a script and say, let's improv some things here. Let's see how these work right. and uh, see if they uh, fit within the context of what's going on or what I envision. Right. And, and as far as those scripts are concerned, do you, have you repeated any, have you had any? Oh yes, I have. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've repeated elephant man twice. Okay. Uh, Midsummer twice, Caucasian twice. And this year I'm doing my own adaptation of a script called Strider. Okay. Uh, but it's called ugly and majestic. I found it in the public domain on the internet okay. and so i wrote my own and sent it in and got it approved and do you, that'll be the third production of this one okay. but you know kids always say what i've got pictures of all my shows hanging around right. my room the kids are what's your favorite play and i said mm, i can't go there i don't have a favorite yeah. play but i can always say i have a favorite story right this, this is a it's a great story so what is it go you can't you can't do that lead in <laughs> uh, ugly and majestic is based on uh Tolstoy short story called Strider. Okay. Uh, and it's about a horse uh, and his relationship with a prince whom he deeply loved. And it evolves from his birth uh, through his life of becoming a great racehorse to his becoming a rundown farmer, work, farm workhorse to his ultimate death. Okay. So it's just sort of a journey of a life through the eyes of a horse. <laughs> and no, no one's wearing horse heads or nor their two bodies in horse costumes or right. anything. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, Philip Taylor uh, famously did uh, Colstomer, so yes. Uh, and so maybe he um, he might have some words on how to how to do the best horse. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Did you ever do a a second version of a show because you like you didn't feel complete with the first one, or uh, yes. you know, yeah. And I forgot one. Uh, the Waking of Spring. Okay which is basically Spring Awakening. Uh, I've done it twice. And the first one was alternate to state. And I just, there were just things with it. I thought I never got there with sure. what I wanted to do. So uh, I let it pass a few years and then I restaged it again. And I think I achieved what I wanted to and then uh, one state with it. Right. So, well, yeah. yeah. How many times have you actually won? Five. Okay. Do you ever, I think we've placed second or third on eight other occasions. I think one of the one of the things uh, another director told me many years ago, or, or a couple years ago, is that they took over a, a school that uh, used to walk into contests not thinking they would advance, and she wanted to change the mindset that they walk in knowing they'll advance. Which one are you? I'm not about knowing, but I'm all <laughs> about. Um, being very confident, not yeah. cocky, but yeah. confident in what we're doing. Right. Um, yeah, we're a target, I will admit. And uh, a lot of people have told me that. Yeah. Our, our, our goal is to beat Barbara's Hill. And I thought, well, okay, that's fine. But, you know, I'm going to do what I've been hired to do and hope right. for the best. Right. I always say theater is about, uh, theater contest is all about wearing um uh, having the right cast with the right script on the right day with the right performance, wearing the right color underwear, right. you know, hoping the bus gets there. It's all, it's a big, it's a crapshoot. It right. really is. You can work your butt off and work it off and work it off. And you never know. Right. So uh, switching gears a little bit, you're, you're, you're retiring. My wife would be yes. mad at me if I'd sat here and said, you're anyway, you're retiring. Uh, what are you looking forward to? What are you going to do? Well, um, 
I'm leaving Barbers Hill and uh, I'm moving in with my parents in the China Spring area, which is northwest of Waco. Okay. Uh, they're in their 80s and 70s and health is not the best. Right. So uh, I'm going home to take care of them. Sure. Okay. They have 125 acres of wilderness. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and uh, I plan to disappear and end as much as I can. Right. Uh, I've told everybody my first purchase is going to be a John Deere tractor. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what do you what do you do on 120? I I, I couldn't even be. I'm a city boy, so I couldn't even begin to think. Well, about I um, uh, ironically or uh, unbelievably, I, I hunt a little. Okay. Uh, our property, our family property, borders the North Bosky River, uh, which empties into Lake Waco, and okay. so I fish some, uh, trot line some. Uh, and we seem to have, uh, I guess you can say the property at one time, many years, millions of years ago, used to be underwater because there's lots of fossils. Okay. And so I look for fossils and uh, we have wow. uh, found numerous arrowheads and stuff. Wow. Um, maybe, maybe, I haven't got to do it in a while, but rattlesnake hunt. Right. Uh, it's wow. just, <laughs> That's... <laughs> I mean, I know I, it's, it's such an antithesis to what people think of me, but or know of me. Well, uh, but yeah, uh, you just disappear. I, you trim I, a lot of cedar. That's for one thing. I played Oregon Trail. I mean, that's the extent of my you know, outdoor <laughs> experience. Well, wow. I, I grew up. Uh, all of my dad's family uh, are ranchers or war okay. ranchers. Uh, my mother grew up on a ranch. Uh, so it's just sort of been in my blood now. Both my parents went into education. Right. Uh, uh, and, um, excuse me, I say uh, a lot, No worries. But, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just in my blood. If we, if we had the right kind of acreage, I'd love to go back to ranching. Right. Uh, you know, run a few head of cattle, a few head of cattle, but, uh, I don't see that as being an issue. Do they, being a, do they own cattle? Cause I know that's a tax, uh, they did at one time okay. and they did okay. it as, as, as part of their, uh, tax write-off, but they're, uh, they're, property is certified as a uh, wildlife refuge wow. with the state of texas uh it it, um, it has property that is conducive to a couple of species of birds for nesting wow and so that's sort of the way i understand it and it's it's pretty much in its natural state as far as wildflowers go and and weeds and things of that sort. And it's been in the family, the whole family plot. I, it's been in the family for over a hundred years. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So I don't mean to keep harping on this, but it's interesting to me, but it does. So if it's in the wildlife refuge, does that mean like game warden come like, do, like who, what kind of visitor, human visitors do you get? We don't, it's don't, not okay. anything like that. It's okay. all private. Okay. Uh, we do have paperwork that we have to fill out okay. uh, to, to keep this tax tax status, but it's just, it's a program that, that, that the state of Texas has that uh, okay. uh, allows people to keep uh, property as pristine as possible in its natural form. That's really fun. I, yeah. I, I married um, into my, my father-in-law is a, was a train engineer, you know, the, the blue and white stripe, Cap oh, there and, you, and over, you yeah. know, and so when I uh, found that out from my wife, I same response. I was like, "Oh man, cool!" Like, so what is it like to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, because every every little kid wants to at some point thinks that they're going to be right. a train driver, uh, train exactly. engineer. So uh, it was that kind of like weird childish, like, "Oh man, that's so neat." <laughs> well, so. I didn't, I didn't have, um, I don't want to say I didn't have a choice, but. My mother was a theater speech um, major right. in college. My dad's a school administrator. 
So being in the school setting was um, what I grew up knowing. Okay. Now, my mother didn't teach very long. In fact, uh, funnily, she left, lasted a semester working <laughs> for my dad. He <laughs> had her teach fifth grade, and December she said, I'm done with him. Wow. <laughs> but she continued on directing um, the one-act play there in Wortham. Okay. And uh, and did successfully. She went to state three years in a row in the early seventies. Okay, so is that what is that the bug? I mean, is that your yes. in, in the inheritance? I guess that's that's some of those are some of my earliest memories. Yeah. Before Wortham, we were a little town called Star, which is about seventy miles west of Waco. Okay, uh, back then it was a uh, it's not even open anymore. They played six man ball. They had about twenty five kids uh, at the max in the high school, and uh, that's where my dad was from. Okay, and. Um, some of my earliest memories are, are being at rehearsal with with my mom in the gymatorium with no lights, just a stage. Yeah. Wow. Is, yeah. She, is she a good critic of yours? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's just say she has her opinion. <laughs> sure. Has there, has there ever been a show that has done well for you that she did not, like, that she saw that she was like, I don't know how in the heck... That that even survived past round one. <laughs> oh, she's never no, expressed never. anything okay. like that to me. <laughs> okay, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she yeah. was she was pretty um, uh, not insistent, but she really wanted me to redo uh, Strider for this year. Okay, uh, because it's like I said, this is my third time, and the two previous times it's one. Okay, uh, at state. Um, and so I guess I'm doing it for her a little bit, but like I said, it's just my favorite story and it's yeah. a great story to tell when they tell it correctly at district last week, they didn't tell it so well. We ran <laughs> 35 and a half. Yeah. Uh, they didn't play a single moment, but uh, yeah, we've got some time before by district. What is, yeah. do you have a go-to uh, pre-show thing that you do? Like, like, you know, some people just eat and uh, I know destiny Miller Bush makes pancakes for kids and things like that. Is there something that you do? No, I, I really don't. Uh, um, I'm pretty dull, I guess. Um, I, I get <laughs> up and, and, and go to contest, and that's about it. The kids yeah. do circle, but I let that's their time. I don't get involved with that. Right. Um, and then at the end of circle, you know, I do my last minute talking. Uh, right. I do. I run. I handle the vocal warm ups with the kids uh, to make sure I'm hearing what I want to hear and not right. what. They're just doing, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not one. I'm not a stickler for anything. I don't wear the same set of clothes or uh, have the same breakfast or anything like that. Uh, I, I just get up and, and go and hopefully I've packed everything. <laughs> okay. So, uh, again, to change the subject just a hair, but, uh, what is, cause this is kind of always a fun, uh, little bit, but what is a, a Travis Poe guilty pleasure? Like, is there a show that you watch or is there something that, that you do that um, other people might relate to just a little bit? Uh, <laughs> well, I just, I, I just threw, through this, through Snowmageddon and the rest of spring war through spring break. We just finished spring break. Uh, I finished binge watching again, game of Thrones. Uh, you watched it again. It was a cool thing. Yes, yeah. uh, I've probably seen the entirety, the whole thing, three times. Okay. Um, it's cool to watch the process of that show uh, emerge from a beginning process to the end. Right. That first season, I mean, yeah, there were castles and costumes and everything, but you could see the popularity starting to grow, 
and watching the production value increase tremendously. Uh, so it was, it was, it was fun to watch more green screen things were being created. The costumes grew exponentially. Uh, set design was just phenomenal. Uh, but that's about it. I'm, I'm, I like, I watch, I watch movies and TV. I live alone. So that's what I do to occupy my time. Do you, (laughs) so with game of Thrones, do you think they knew that they were, that they had a hit? Do you think they knew they went into it knowing that it was going to blow up? I I doubt anybody can ever predict that. You know, you know, everybody, every actor goes into a process thinking, Oh, it's going to be awesome. And, you just never know how an audience is going to react to anything. Uh, something along those, um, something along that magnitude, I would think, based just on the popularity of the books, that you would think something might would happen. Just like the Harry Potter stuff. I right. mean, how is that not going to be a success? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Well, that's fun. I, yeah, we, we are thronies, if you will, uh, in our house as well. So it's one of the few things oh, my gosh. wife and I watch together. But... I haven't sat down to watch it again, and uh, it, it might be one of those things that I do. I, I've never been that kind of person, but uh, uh, I would love yeah. to do that with uh, like a Breaking Bad as well. So just to see. Ooh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because it's the same idea. It's, you know, uh, I bet at the beginning of, of their their time, they probably didn't foresee the future. Like you said, you know, it's hard to tell. But right. um, uh, I would be interested to see it through that lens of what – what part of this improved production quality wise, um, you know, exactly. yeah, was the meth a little more blue, I guess, if you will, but, uh, uh, right. <laughs> you know, one of those kind of things, uh, that's fine. Right. So, uh, from your, um, upbringing, from your, your time kind of, um, living in, in small town, you know, Barbers Hill, uh, the, the, the school is, is kind of small town ish, but it's still, uh, not exactly, you know, it's not big city, it's not small town, but is there something you miss from? No, it's, Good. It's, it's, it's definitely evolved since I've been here. When right. I started here, we had about 400 kids in high school. Right. Uh, we now, we now have close to 1800 in the high school. Right. Uh, people think we still sort of have a small town feeling. Right. Most of the locals feel that way. Some of them do. Uh, but we don't, I mean, restaurants <laughs> have moved in, fast food restaurants have moved in. Uh, we're, we're only 35 miles from downtown Houston. So right. it's just, it's, it's just, it's part of the evolution of the metropolitan area. I mean, yeah. Houston can't go any further West than, than the Brazos river and, and, you know, Katie's blown up and the Fort Bend, Missouri city area has blown up yeah. and it's just, it's store and homes all the way from Houston to Galveston. Yeah from from houston to huntsville it's just so this is the only place for it to go grow is out here yeah is and there, uh, i'm i miss that small town mentality yeah. when i practically knew everyone in the high school and um you know with those uh sadly with with a larger population um certain problems start to escalate or become right. more prevalent and uh, but, uh, is there, is there something, yeah, is there something specific you miss about that small town feel that small town society? Basically where I, pra- not, not just knowing just the kids in high school, but you know, you go to the post office or you go to the game, right. go to a football game or a basketball game and you know, everybody's sitting there. Right. I mean, you practically know everybody and it's just not that case. I'll go to a basketball game or a volleyball game. And I'll say, 
I don't know who those kids are. And it's just a little heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, I may have one or two out there. You hear names, but, you know, it's just, it's just not the same. Yeah. You know, so that goes having, on. having grown up like that, it was just, uh, it's, it's been a big challenge. That goes on to, uh, again, uh, I know I keep bringing up what other people have said, but it, that's part of why I love doing this podcast is I get, uh, get right. information from all, all types of, uh, uh, backgrounds and such. But, um, I forget who said it exactly. Uh, but that that's being seen at those types of events, you know, being the theater teacher that does attend a volleyball game and a basketball game, or, you know, the big Friday night lights football game. Uh, do you, right. do you put a lot of value into, making sure that you're not just stuck in your little world and you come out of the bubble and, and, and people know. Good. Yes. Uh, and I will say in the earlier days, I was more visible than I am now, but part of that is that part of the reason being is because we've gotten so much bigger. Uh, most of the kids in my production, uh, aren't involved in other things so much. So I pretty much have my own group. So I'm not always having to work around um, basketball or, or football or things. Now I still have them on occasion and we still work around them. But uh, most of my uh, sharing comes with the fine arts people. And so I'm not out and about as much as I am. Um, a lot of people think, or a lot of people say they know who I am and I don't know who they are, and which is, uh, I'm not trying to sound conceited or anything, but uh, yeah. I just think it's because um, uh, they come to the shows. Uh, we have we have a very good um, support uh, um, here in the community and with the school district. Uh, you know, we'll average uh, a good one fifty to two fifty a night on a show, right. on just on a show. And that may not sound right, but you know, I sadly last week at a contest that I was hosting, two schools had no audience members there whatsoever, and so I made. I made my kids go in there and watch it just so those kids could have an audience. Right. No, good. For, yeah, good. That, yeah, that's, uh, uh, we used to, as I, as I would tell people, we used to sell out our black box and it was, you know, only 75 seats, but, um, sell out to sell out, you know, even though it's only 75 people wanting to come see it, but, uh, it's always good to have that, that sort of feeling and telling your kids, Hey, we sold out tonight, regardless of if it's 10,000, 10,000 seats or 75 seats, you know, I'd, Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. no, it's not a big deal. So uh, I know you are uh, busy right now. You're literally at school on a Sunday. Um, uh -huh. That's that's the true Texas theater way. It's like uh, we don't go to church. We go to we go to school. <laughs> you know, because uh, even my wife to, my wife today went to her school and worked on stuff. So it's it's you know it's just right. it's just what we do. But uh, I want to get you out of here um, uh, soon because I I know you've got some work to do. But uh, I want you to wrap up you know you've you've had even though you're you're still only 47 uh you've had a long um illustrious career and uh as you are 47 as in years of age 47 as in years of age yeah a, a cool 47 yeah, yeah right <laughs> anyway but uh <laughs> I, want, I, I i want you to you know if there's something and you don't have to necessarily reveal what you're going to say in may or, or june depending on your last day of school but um we get out in june but uh uh i want you to kind of give a, a travis poe um word of advice to uh, i like to i like to think that there are quite a few younger newer teachers teaching uh, or excuse me listening to this podcast uh i know i've gotten some feedback from some of those people 
So is there something that you would like to leave those up and coming new, uh, f- you know, fresh teachers, maybe they're in their second or third, hopefully they're not in their first, you know, uh, a horrible year to be in your first year, but, um, right. But is there some, <laughs> is there some word of advice that, uh, Travis Poe can leave them with, uh, at this time, you know, to, to wrap up this pod? Well, most definitely don't ever give up on learning. Um, you're never going to know everything. I don't profess to know everything. Uh, always expose yourself to as much art as you can, whether it's uh, visual or performing or, or uh, musical uh, performing arts. Uh, expose yourself because you're going to learn from your surroundings. You're going you're gonna to learn from experiencing. You can study all the books you want, all the DVDs and, and YouTube videos, uh, but you've got to get your feet dirty and your hands wet uh, and experience it uh, face-to-face, hand-to-hand. Don't ever not love your kids from a distance, regardless of their behavior or their, uh, their worth of wanting to be uh, in class. Some of them are just there for the credit, but uh, you can still reach out to them and hopefully make a difference uh, in, in their day or in their lives. Uh, I have one young man who last week uh, won an all-star cast award. It's his, it's his first um, competition show. And uh, he, he deals with a lot of et- uh, internal issues, personal issues. And the look on his face and the joy of his castmates when he got that award was just, that was winning enough. And so you've got to find, you've got to find the joy in the smallest of things uh, and to really appreciate and uh, love what you're doing. It's not about the winning. The winning's just, uh, it's just a strawberry on top of a cupcake. Minor wisdom.